Welcome to the Independent Dealer Podcast with hosts Luke Godwin and Jeff Watson, a podcast by dealers for dealers. Here we go. Welcome, boys and girls, men and women of all ages, to the Independent Dealer Podcast. Today, a very special guest. Not the first time we've had a, uh, a CEO of the NIADA on the Independent Dealer Podcast, but this is the first time we have had Mr. Bob Volman, the new CEO of NIADA. Bob, introduce yourself, please. Thanks, Luke. Thanks, Jeff. Uh, so I am Bob Boltman. Um, I was hired by the board of directors at the end of October. Um, I come from an association background. Um, my wife and I moved to Washington, D.C. as newlyweds almost 33 years ago now. Um, worked in the first Bush administration, then two trade associations in D.C., and prior to coming to D.C., I worked in two trade associations in Houston. Um, most of that time, most of those associations were working with entrepreneurs. I love their spirit, their can-do attitude, their belief that tomorrow is going to be better than today. And today's pretty damn good. Um, and I was looking for a way to get back to that um, and work in an industry that was essential to the rebuilding of our economy. And I found that in NIDA. Um, it is an amazing organization of small, independent car dealers, hence the name. Um, but just their spirit and, and their, their willingness to, to put themselves at risk every day to serve their customers. Um, and that's what excited me about the opportunity to build on the success that NIDA has, has built over 75 years and to take it and position it for an even brighter future. Bob, that's a, I appreciate what you're saying about independent dealers because we are, we're, I mean, number one, we're entrepreneurs uh, and we're a little crazy. Uh, we do think it's always, <laughs> we do think that it's always going to be better. And, uh, and that's, you know, it drives prices, it drives uh, consumer, you know, demand. It, it does all kinds of things because we are, we are PT Barnum, you know, honestly, all of us have a little <laughs> bit of that in us. Um, what is your vision for the association going forward? You know, I, I believe the association has grown very well over the last 10 years. And, and I really like some of the past we were on, but it seems that you may have a, a little slightly different vision on, on what we have been doing. Can you share with dealers what that is? Absolutely. So what the board and I talked about during the interview process, which is why I must have gotten the job, and then since that time is to be more focused on serving the dealers and more focused on serving the state associations as they serve the dealers and to build more of a partnership. <clears throat> NIADA, my predecessors have done an amazing job to this point, um, getting us through 75 years, um, built a robust association that survived the pandemic. Um, but with my background and my ability, what, what, what the board was looking for was a way to move to that next level of service. And so we put together a strategic plan. I restart, came in, I, I went on a listening tour. I spoke to more than a hundred um, NIDA members, state executives, state board presidents, staff people, vendors to the industry to find out what they liked and what they didn't like about NIDA. And I put that all together to the board in a SWOT analysis. And from that, 
We then began to build a strategic plan based on service and really focusing on the dealer and the dealer's customer. Uh, and so that's where, that's where the board and I want to take the organization, more servant-oriented toward the member and their customers. Well, that's super interesting to me, Bob. Maybe give us an antidote. Is there anything, like as you dove into this thing headfirst and, and got involved with these dealers, was there anything that jumped out to you as like, man, I had no idea this, or man, this is a huge issue and dealers really need some help with this. And, and it's been, you know, they've been hollering for a while. Is there anything that you could share with us that maybe jumped out to you as kind of a, a an aha or a surprise moment? Oh, the first aha was learning that there was such a thing as buy here, pay here dealers. Um, <laughs> yeah. I have since learned that they are very vocal. Um, yes, vocal is a good word. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I had no clue. Now, those that same type of entrepreneur exists in every industry. But in this one, they're really special because as opposed to, um, you know, you could, please don't email or call, but you could relate them to factors or check cashing type companies. But what makes the buy here, pay here dealer different in using their money to help the less fortunate is they're helping the less fortunate and they're becoming that customer's partner. And that makes it so totally different. And so I was excited to tell their story. Um, and in fact, our new vice president of government affairs is working for um, regular meetings between our buy here, pay here committee and the consumer finance protection board, which is their biggest fear um, of being regulated uh, in, in the way they, they do things and helping their customers. So that was my biggest aha moment, mm. learning about buying yeah. paper dealers, because I don't come from a car background. Right. Um, I come from an association government affairs background. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I do find that interesting, too. Sometimes when we even interact with vendors or when we go to certain conventions, they're kind of like, oh, you know, I sell cars. And they're like, oh, what brand? And I'm like, <laughs> all the brands, like <laughs> any brand that comes in my door. Yeah. Whatever's <laughs> running like, oh, so there's, there's dealers that just sell. And yeah, we're called used car dealers. Oh, and you also do the payment. Yeah. I'm called about. Yeah. So, so yes, we are a small niche group of underground folks here, but. Um, <laughs> Bob, I find, yeah, that's so funny. I find, uh, I find something interesting and you, you've been in the association area uh, your whole life, it seems. Uh, so. Have you ever seen a, an association built like ours is structured where your, your revenue and your members depend so heavily on states' ability to attract new members? Uh, you know, we were talking about that before we got on, that some states are so on board, some aren't. And I think it depends on, on education laws and things like this. But have you ever seen anything structured like this? And, and what exactly do you all feel like you need to do to to help the states? Well, there are, this is not an unusual model. Um, it's a difficult model. Don't get me wrong. It's a difficult model. Um, but what we're going to do is work together. I, I have this sense from my communication, whether it was intended or not, there wasn't us versus them um, mentality. I don't think it was Hatfields and McCoys, but it wasn't a partnership. And what I 
see, and when I talk to my friends who run or, or work in federated associations, um, is that it can be different. It can be a partnership. So what we intend to do is, number one, help the associations that are doing well do even better. Help that next tier of state associations develop the professional association executive and develop the resources to build. And, and we, we're going to do what national can do and provide it to the states. For example, we just, um, so backing up just a second, in my restructuring, I hired a vice president of government affairs actually in Washington, D.C. Um, previously, government affairs was handled from Arlington, Texas. And the last time I checked, the capital of the U.S. was in Washington, and because um, even the capital of Texas is Austin, not Arlington. So we put somebody in Washington, D.C. who came out of the, the Trump administration. Um, and one of the first things we did was purchase this software that allows every state in our federation to put up an issue. So let's say there's something going on in the Utah Assembly or legislature. And Adam wants to um, have you all send letters to your representative. He writes the letter. We put it in the system and create a link. That link is emailed to you. You click on it, put in your name, address, and click send. Mm. And it goes to your state rep, could go to your congressman, could go to your U.S. senator, your state senator. And we've done that and we've given it to the states. And we're going to look for other ways that we can collaborate and do those things as a federation that should be done at national and leave the uniqueness of serving the local member at the local level. So we're going to try to build that partnership and take the tension out of it. Mm. I think that's I, I think, you know. I, I understand where you're coming from, and and, and I, I was, I've been on a board, the Carolinas board for years, and I'm not on there anymore. But you know, it always seemed that maybe some of the the frustration actually wasn't coming from the national level, but maybe from the state level, um, going up sometimes because you have to send send money to the to the national. And you're going, what am I getting in return? Uh, so, how do you, how can national help build? more members if it's got to push down through the state without creating that backlash? Well, let me correct something. The states don't send money to national. For the convenience of the, of the dealer member, the state collects both their dues and our $60 dues. So it's just for the convenience of the members. Otherwise, we could build direct. Um, but here's how we can deal with this on a federal basis. The, what we call the Association Executives Council, which is the state executives, have formed a steering committee. And within that steering committee, there's a membership committee. And what we're going to work on is how can we at national take what's been working in the states where it's been working, create national drip campaigns and other type of advertising campaigns that we can then give to the states or that we can put out there 
for the states to follow up with? And then how can we help them in that follow-up? How can we take what's worked in the Carolinas or Virginia or Utah and make it work in the states that are struggling? So that's where, where I see this, this opportunity for partnership um, and taking what's unique about the states and taking what we can do together and doing it on a national basis. What, what do you say to the dealer who, because they're out there, who doesn't think that any association does anything to help them? How can we, how can we change that mentality? Well, we have to communicate it. And we have to communicate it in a way that that dealer wants to receive it. I, one of the things I've noted is, so like this is a great example of a way to communicate um, outside the bombardment of emails that we all get. Uh, so we're going to find ways, the ways that the dealer wants to receive information and deliver it that way uh, using multiple channels. And we have to convey the message. But one of the things in our strategic plan, our new strategic plan that the board adopted is to focus on the dealer's customers. Why does it matter that that dealer belongs to the Carolinas organization and NIADA. What does that code of ethics mean to that to the customer? And why should they care instead of just buying a car off the street? So, so let me stop you right there for one second. That has been bounced around for 15 years. Let's, let's tell the consumer why we're mm-hmm. good for them, why the association is good for the, for the end consumer. And every time this has been brought up, the pushback has always been, and I think rightfully so, is the amount of money it would take to advertise to our consumer through the organization. The association doesn't have those funds to do so. So how, do, how does that work in, in your vision of this? So I have done this um, at another association. So where do consumers go when they're doing a search for cars? Yes, the internet, of course, yeah. The internet. So, and aren't all of those vendors members of the association? So imagine if, imagine if you go to one of these search engines and you type in that you want to buy a 2014 Ford F-150 pickup truck and you get 10,000 listings. But what if the first thousand had a gold star on them? Because they were NIADA members and even NADA members. And the consumer could click on that gold star and say, this is a member of a national association pledged to do the right thing and you have rights because of this gold star. And we can do the same thing. We don't have to have national advertising. We can do Facebook. We can do Google. We can do... Gas station pumps have TVs in them now. So, and what pulls up at a gas station pump? Oh yeah, your car. So (laughs) it's just thinking outside the box and and coming up with new ideas, listening to what other people say, and then putting it together and seeing what is possible instead of the, um, I think there's been the challenge of, oh, that's too much money. We can't do that. Um, and maybe that's where my coming in yeah. with a varied association background, I may not know the car industry, 
but I know how to do things like this. And so that's another way that we're going to form this partnership. Yeah, yeah I, think it's, it's very, I think it's a great idea. Yeah. It's like the, you know, what realtors are doing right now, you know, they're trying to fight against the digital retail, realtor type stuff, you know, buy from a realtor, you know, so it's that public education campaign. It seems to me that it's the way you get the dealers involved and to rally is dealers have to be kind of punched in the face to really (laughs) care and get back just straight, frankly. Right. I mean, look at the states with the strongest associations. I guarantee you, and I'm pretty sure that at some point in the recent past, they had some sort of uh, legislation brought against them or some sort of a thing that really rallied the dealers together. Mm -hmm. So I think if not to fabricate a, uh, you know, harsh situation or (laughs) some sort of a terrorist activity against all dealers, but that's when we kind of rally together um, and say, hey, guys we're either going to let, you know, Vroom and Carvana come in here and kind of eat our lunch, or you're going to get together with the other 2000 sleeping dealers in your state. And you're going to push for a non-franchise, you know, non-delivery, whatever nonsense. They don't have a physical location in my state. How are they delivering cars in my state? They don't have a physical dealer license in my state. Why is that allowed? Or whatever the situation might be. I think Georgia, or maybe it's Carolinas, you have to buy your temporary tags from the association south carolina and georgia have certain laws that yeah do something that's like a that. great law for utah to put in place i would love to be forced to buy my temp tags from the association give them some extra revenue so that they can have the manpower to run a real association and 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 have the staff to really make us uh you know a, kind of a formidable group um right. it, it, things it like takes that all, it takes all those ideas putting them in the, in the mix, deciding what we can do now, what we can do next year, what we can do the year after that. And that's what we put in the strategic plan. In fact, the number one goal of the strategic plan is that independent dealers get to participate in a marketplace that's fair, equitable, and reasonably regulated. That's how can you say if, if, if these five guys have to have licenses and this one doesn't, why is this one allowed to operate? Right. And just like in our state, uh, you know, manufacturers can't sell direct to consumer. So when Tesla put their dealership in, NADA came in, I, I assume, stomped them out, said, sorry, man, you can't deliver new cars in here, you know, as a, as a manufacturer owned franchise. Guess what? Well, they just got a used car license. So now they deliver their car, new cars at their used car dealership and their used Teslas at the used car dealership. So right. I don't know where the state, I don't know the details of why the state association didn't step in and say, hey, you guys can't do that either. But I don't either. In Virginia, they can't have, somehow they're, they're not allowed to have dealerships. So they have mall stores and a giant repair facility that just happens to have a lot of cars on it. Yeah, and <laughs> happens to do deliveries and pickups. Well, right. sometimes these you, cars that were shipped in from out of it's state. It's just you know sometimes these things are magic. Yeah. Well, when the when the company is bigger than the association. Yeah. Um, it, yes, it's, and that's it's the argument. My association does not have the funds or the manpower to go fight that. They know that it's probably an issue. They know it could be a good thing, but you got to pick your fights when you have limited resources. I well, get you it. Pick so your how fights. do we how do we get them more resources? You know, and we're and we're going to work on that. Um, part of part of the strategic plan is to help states develop sources of revenue that it that is just for them. Yes. Um, so 
unless it changes, trade associations can offer health insurance. Trade associations and chambers can offer health insurance within their state. You can't cross state lines, Mm -hmm. but within their state, they're able to do this. Chambers have been doing it. We need to do it. State associations could offer 401k plans for their dealer members. So there are things that we will get to. I've been here six months. Lou's been, Lou Chideshi's been, been president of the board for seven months. We can't turn this aircraft carrier overnight, but we're turning it. And we're going to help the states get these things done. Hey guys, sorry to interrupt the podcast, but of course we need to tell you about Dealer Re, longtime sponsor of the podcast. They are a great company, ran by the birds, uh, just awesome, awesome stand-up guys. If you are getting into reinsurance or if you've thought about getting into reinsurance at your dealership, be sure you call the guys at Dealer Re. Let them explain to you how it works. Let them explain to you how it will be a profit center, a wealth building center for your dealership long-term. Put some money away, tax deferred, uh, and build something for the future. When you get old and you get tired and you want to be done with the business, you want to make sure you have a nest egg. So call the guys at Dealery, get your reinsurance company set up. Back to the podcast. Mm-hmm. So uh, the pack, where, where does the pack stand right now? Um, I know I've been a contributor for years and believe that it's a very important part of our our association and, and legislatively, I think that's one of the best ways to, to, I guess, affect policy in DC. Where, where does that stand? And what do we look like moving forward? Well, thank you for your contributions. The, the PAC's in good shape. It could be bigger. Um, we do between 170 and 200,000 a year. So $400,000 a cycle. Um, and ADA does four million, um, but you don't have to have a four million dollar pack to be effective. You have to use it effectively. And there's a reason. You know, people people get pissed off about Washington and they don't like all the money involved. But just like we were talking about advertising to consumers, TV ads are expensive. And the only way those members of Congress can buy TV ads is through PAC money that they have to raise every day, like it or not. So we have to be in the game. Uh, Tom Donahue, who is retiring as the CEO of the U.S. Chamber of Commerce, has always said, you're either at the table or you're on the menu. And we need a place at the table in our states and at the federal level. Nothing can disrupt your business faster than bad policy out of Washington, D.C. So what are we doing about it right now because of of the virus and um, the shenanigans that went on in early January? The the Capitol's kind of a, you know, you just can't get in. So we can't have our normal national policy conference where we bring people to Washington and we storm the hill and tell our story. So instead, what we're going to launch beginning in in May is what we're calling NIDA Coffees with Congress. And we're going to go through the committees of jurisdiction 
and the members of those committees where we have a lot of members and we're going to have Zoom coffees with them. And those will be paid for by the PAC. Um, you know, members of Congress have gotten really um, good at this because they can't have their normal lunches or dinners or other fundraisers. So they're doing these Zoom fundraisers. Hmm. So that's what we're going to do. And IEDA coffees with Congress and we'll, you know, say we're in, um, you know, we do one in the Carolinas and we'll invite the association and those members that are in that congressman's district. And we'll have a conversation with that member about how many jobs we represent, how, and we're going to also change the story a little bit. So it's not just about us, but who are you serving? Who are the, how many customers do you serve? So Jeff, you know, what's the average credit score of your customer? And could they go to any other dealer and get a car. We need to tell that story. Mm-hmm. Instead of having the story told about us, that all you're doing is picking on those poor people who couldn't afford a car and, and you're putting them in a junker. Well, we yeah. know that's not true. We have to tell that story. And then we need to get your customers to tell that story. That because I'm able to go to a buy here, pay here dealer, and I'm able to get a car. I'm able to get a job that isn't on a bus line, which all the studies have shown are underpaid jobs. Hmm. I'm able to go to church. I'm able to take my kids and send them to a different school. I'm able to go to the grocery store that might not otherwise be in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Those are the stories we're going to tell. And Luke, you don't get to tell them if you don't have pack dollars. For sure. It's I, a I totally sad, it, you know, whether you like that or not, it's a fact of life. Yeah, I've sat in front of uh, congressmen and senators and told that story. You know, and, and they, like you were talking about, you didn't, you didn't know about buy here, pay here. Well, the only thing that these congressmen and senators and, and ladies may know is that, oh, there's places out there charging, to their mind, exorbitant interest rates. Um, they don't understand that we are providing the service you just described, and, and it's really important. Um, so no no policy conference for the near future, I'd assume, with, with Not what this you year. described. Not this year. It'll come back next year. So, you know, we're doing a live convention in August. Okay, well, um, yeah. Let's talk about that. So we have hit um, – we're almost at 100 million Americans fully vaccinated. Uh, by the end of June, that should be 200 million Americans fully vaccinated. Um, I know my wife and I just got our second shots yesterday. Um, I can tell you my arm hurts like hell. Um, but life is going to come back to normal. And so we pushed the con- our convention from June, which we thought was just too close to this cut, to the end of August, August 23rd to 26th. We're going to be in San Antonio, which is an Mm -hmm. amazing city for conferences. And we're going to have a crowd because it's time to get back. You're serving customers. It's time that we all get together and serve each other. Uh, So we're making some changes with that conference. Um, First of all, 
for the first time ever, we've got um, a, two dealer committees looking at the sessions that are going to be offered. So for the first time, they're sessions for dealers by dealers. And we're adding a new series of sessions that we're calling the service bay, which are going to be 20 minute single topic, usually single speaker micro sessions. Um, and they're gonna be focused on things that dealers can do immediately when they get back mm-hmm. to increase profitability. That's what it's all about, honestly. Uh, I think we, when we talk with Larry, it's about you know how can we find a way to maximize uh, per turn? And that's, I'm, I'm glad we're actually starting to develop some service more at the convention because if you, you know, when you go to NADA, there's a lot of service there because franchise stores make so much money off service and, and right. independent right. stores should too. And we, we, we've, um, we're in contact with SEMA to build a better partnership there. We're working with NADA to build a better partnership in DC and leverage their lobby power. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think we can learn a lot from NADA, honestly. Um, and, and I'm glad to hear that, that that's moving, you know, that you're, you're looking at that. Um, Jeff, uh, you got anything else for Bob? I'm kind of out of questions at the moment. <laughs> no, I think that's which so is, much. Which I is mean, unusual. My biggest thing is, is, is like Bob was saying, I think getting, getting people back, getting, getting dealers to rub elbows with other dealers is so huge to rally the cause of the associations on the state and federal level, because it just, it gives you that energy. You you meet other dealers, you realize you're not alone. You share stories, you share drinks, you share time together, you learn. Um, It's, you need, they've got to be once a year, twice a year, shoot every month, whatever you got to do, because it is really like, it's the only time we get together. You know, it's the only time dealers kind of maybe at the auction, but even then you're not rubbing elbows like you used to. Well, you're not, you're not even at the auction anymore, Harley. And, you know, I've had more dealers in the last two weeks reach out to me about coming to the convention, asking if I was going to be there, who should they bring from their dealership? I've had more dealers reach out yeah. these last two weeks than I've ever had reach out to me before. So um, it, I believe it's going to be big and I uh, really can't wait to get there and, and meet these people and, and meet you as well, Bob. And do y'all broadcast from the convention? Do you do your, do you do well, your um, podcast? We t- so would you t- like to? <laughs> we would, we would, we would love to actually. Um, yeah. We submitted to Larry, I think. So that's, let's make that right. happen. Yeah. I think, I think it's a really good idea. You know, a lot of times what we would do would walk around and get interviews from dealers on the floor and also from the expo and it creates uh, a really good atmosphere while we're there. So I believe there's way more we can do this year with it. And we'd love to love to have a, uh, a sit down with, you know, with Lou or, or any of the board of directors while we're there, or you, you know, either way, I think would be, be something great to, to have. Let's do it. Okay. Yeah. Well, Bob, thank you for your time. Uh, appreciate it. And, and we look forward to uh, kind of this exciting, exciting direction. You know, it sounds like empowering the states and, and giving them that help and, and almost growing it, growing it on that ground level. I mean, that's the way it starts. So smart. Well, thank you. I'm, I, I, I'm so excited to be here and uh, where we're going. Um, this, is, this is the golden age for used vehicles. And this is going to be the golden age for NIDA and the state associations. That's great. Thank you. Thanks, thank Bob. Thank you. 
Okay, perfect. All that was right. awesome. I don't think anything we need to cut out, right? No curse words, Luke? <laughs> no, I was good. I probably said hell, but... <laughs> that's all right. I'd say, say worse than that. They haven't flagged us yet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's great. No, this will be awesome. And we'll need to do a follow-up too. We talked to Larry about that, but once we kind of get to that, like, hey, do or die time frame of you better have booked your flights in your hotel mm-hmm. by now, I think a couple weeks before that, well, maybe I'm in late ch- July, maybe. I don't know when. Uh, let's, do, let's, let's, let's do mid to late June. I think yeah. so. Yeah. I think so, it'd be yeah. fun to have, have a follow-up, especially once the education sessions are announced. I think right. that's huge to kind of highlight, Hey guys, you know, here's the, here's the do not misses and all the stuff you're going to learn. Like, yeah, I, I think that would be huge. Yep. Cool. Cool. Thank you, Bob. Bye, Bob. All right. Thank it. you. Thanks. All right. Bye guys. So glad you joined us. Please take a minute to leave us a review and share this podcast with a friend, the independent dealer podcast. Dealers helping dealers.